Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Sam Mason, a mortgage and protection broker at Mortgage Medics in Brighton. Now, if you listen to the podcast before, you'll have heard I've had Sam Murphy on, who is the director of Mortgage Medics, uh, which the company that Sam Mason works at. That must get a bit confusing when you're trying to send emails. I bet Sam Mason gets... He gets a few of Sam Murphy's emails and vice versa. Gives me opportunities to uh, still some of his clients that are coming in. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> so the reason I got Sam Mason on the podcast is I've seen him really step up his LinkedIn game these last few months. And when he's intrigued to get him on the podcast and talk about how he uses social media to gain mortgage leads. After chatting through LinkedIn messages, he admitted that the majority of his business actually comes through Instagram. And a lot of it comes from friends and family. I wanted to have a chat about how did you find the balance between personal and business content to, number one, not bore people with his business content, but two, remind people that he is a mortgage broker and how he does that in a compliant way as well, because as we all know, got to be careful as to what we say and that we're not overstepping boundaries. I also wanted to talk to him about, and this is one thing that I saw on his Instagram account today, is he offers personal voice notes to send over like a personal client's budget. And it's a little link in his Instagram profile. So we're not going to give that away straight away. You're going to have to listen into the podcast, but we'll get into that as well. So we're going to get into the balance on social media and how he successfully uses social to get business. So Sam, without further ado, I welcome you to the Social for Brokers podcast. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, appreciate you uh, inviting me on. No, it's great. It's, the reason I kind of got in touch with you is I saw you on LinkedIn really step it up in terms of content. And obviously, it's a great profile picture, but it wasn't so much the profile. It was the way that you interacted with a lot of content. And, and that's something we'll, we'll talk about a bit further on. But have you made a conscious effort these last few months to say, right, LinkedIn, I'm going, I'm going in on it. I'm going to be interacting every day. Yeah, I think I have. I think historically, you know, LinkedIn's always been used or, you know, perceived as a as a platform to find jobs, hasn't it? So I think previously, before becoming a mortgage broker, um, I kind of used the platform to put content out there that would potentially attract, you know, business owners and things like that whilst I was trying to get into the industry. Um, so I think I've always made an effort to to kind of put something up there, but it's for, you know, different motivations. And I think it's definitely a hot topic at the minute, isn't it, with you know, social media, generating leads from social media. So I have definitely pushed forward on that to start putting some stuff out there for clients as well. Awesome. So we'll talk about that, that shift in content because it, it takes a brave person to completely change their social media content because you feel like you've built up so far. But we'll, mm. t- we'll talk about that shortly. So you work for Mortgage Medics now in Brighton. I've heard it's a, it's a great company to work for. It sounds like you get a lot of support down there. Mm. But what did you do before Mortgage Medics? Yeah, so before Mortgage Medics, so I started off in insurance, actually. I did a like a 12-month apprenticeship with them. Um, that was good. It was great, but it just wasn't kind of the progression that, that I needed. Um, I then moved on and did a year at Lloyds Bank. So that kind of got me a, a little bit more into the um, yeah finance and, you know, dealing with mortgage collections specifically. So I was kind of helping people that couldn't pay their mortgage, you know, and discussing payment plans and, and things like that. So 
um, it's a little bit nicer to be in this end of the journey with people that, you know, we're trying to get into the house rather than, you know, potentially kick them out. That that was, you know, difficult conversations yeah, we, were, yeah. we were having every day. Um, and that's when I started just researching CMAP and, and, and becoming a mortgage broker. And I realized quite soon that being a mortgage advisor at a bank was, you know, very restricted. There wasn't the opportunity to potentially earn a little bit more as well. Um, so I did CMAP. Uh, independently and then I joined uh, a national agency so I joined Sequence Fox and Sons. Oh yes yeah, yeah I know you mean yeah. Fox and Sons yeah so did a couple of years there again you know it was a very very intense environment in terms of like the sales aspect of things and you know in terms of actually building a you know your own client bank there wasn't that opportunity it was just you know dealing with first-time buyers that were coming in or purchasers and essentially trying to win the business off, off other brokers uh, as they came in. Apologies mm-hmm. just getting a phone call there that's right busy busy people i get this a lot to be fair because you're still running a business and i'm asking people to take an hour out of their day in the middle of the day so so don't worry at all yeah um but yeah so i did a couple of years there yeah i did a couple of years there and that was great because it kind of fast you know accelerated my learning because we were dealing with so many people day in day out Mm -hmm. um but same as i said that kind of pressure cooker environment just 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 wasn't quite for me i wanted to you know be completely independent whole of market as well that was that was one of the things and just really start kind of building relationships with my clients and you know, building a business within the business awesome so how long have you been at mortgage medics for now then approaching approaching 12 months now okay um, so yeah i think well, it was april last year so 10 months now so yeah nearly a year and you do a bit, quite a bit of commuting don't you between brighton and, and london a fair amount yeah i mean you know, now that we can do the flexible working and working from home, it makes it a little bit easier because I'll work from home on a Friday. I'll spend the weekend in London mm-hmm. um, and then I'll come back on a, on a Tuesday morning, spend a couple of nights there and then I'll just loop around again come on Thursday. Uh, right. OK, yes. It's, it's, it's nice to be able to do it, I suppose, isn't it? And, and the great thing is if you you're almost tapping into two markets there as well, aren't you? So do you live in Brighton, do you? Or yeah, so we, we've just sold the family home, actually, which is where I was originally living. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the minute, I'm, I'm waiting to buy my first place, actually. Um, so looking awesome. to buy a place and then hopefully get a, a lodger in the spare room and, you know, and just dart between the two. And then my girlfriend, she's got a place in London that, that we kind of rent together. Um, so that, that's the setup at the minute. The two most expensive places in the UK to live, Brighton and London. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. go to just go and buy as well. I must admit, it, it's nice being up in the city and then just going back. It's almost like I go back to a holiday home, you know, <laughs> back, back by the sea <laughs> and then just retreat back to the city. So it's it's nice. But like you say, you know, you can tap into two markets. I think mm. I've got such a great network, you know, growing up in Brighton. I've got such a great network in Brighton already. So it'd be a shame to just leave that behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've also got the opportunity, you know, we're, we're in West Hampstead, which is, is quite a nice area as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you meet some great people here and stuff. So it's definitely that opportunity as well. Yeah. It's, and we'll get into that shortly as well, because you've got two different kind of communities that you could tap into. Mm-hmm. And talking about your friends and your generation, they are the so they are a lot of them are on social media. And that's yeah. a very, it's a very good way to build trust, isn't it? But what's the market like as a whole at the moment? We're having a little chat before the podcast started. There's a lot of people still buying, aren't there? Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, so, same as I said, we kind of, you know, two years ago when Brexit happened, I was sitting at the end of my desk thinking, oh, it's, it's going to go dead. It's going to go yeah. dead. Um, and then it didn't. It just, just went crazy. And then, of course, COVID happened and, you know, it was put into lockdown and property market closed. And then after that, all that pent up energy just meant it went crazy again and a stamp duty holiday um it's just been it's just been mental ever since and 
coming into January, Feb, we had a lot of inquiries, you know, people with ideas and stuff in January. And it, it seems to have all kind of trickled into Feb with actual business. So it's, it's just been really busy, which is which is good. Which is good. I think the exciting thing for you, if you've been with, with Mortgage Medics for coming up to 12 months, we were talking about, you don't get many people that come to you for a remortgage. So in essence, your job is actually slightly harder than a re, than uh, a mortgage broker that has been with the company for five years because you have to build that trust with those people now and you need to make a long-lasting impression that they will come back to you in two years. Do you, I suppose there's no exact answer to it or no steadfast answer, but what kind of things do you do to build rapport, especially over the phone, which is harder? If it is over the phone and not in face-to-face, what do you do? Yeah, well, I, th- I think first and foremost, you know, we've got a great brand anyway. Sam's built a, a brilliant company. So a lot of the inquiries that we get through the company, you know, they've already done a bit of research. They've seen the reviews and got great reviews. So that initially helps. Um, but I think it's just little things like, you know, in your first appointment, not just talking about mortgages, but talking about that client, talking about their interest, um, because essentially people buy from people, don't they? And I think that's one of the biggest things in terms of building rapport is just talking about them for a little bit. You know, yeah. what they want to buy, what they're hoping to achieve, what they do for work and what they enjoy. Um, I think that's definitely something that I do. Um, on top of that, you know, going the extra mile and, and making them aware that, that you're you're available out of hours if, if, if you're up for doing that, you know, and things like that is, is, is key, I think. And it's a lot. There's been a lot of talk about on LinkedIn and a lot of social media that it's all it's hard to stop work at the moment, especially during working from home. It's hard at six o'clock to turn off from work. And yes, I believe yet the mental health benefits of making sure that you do switch off. But when you're starting out in a company or you're trying to build a, a database, do you think sometimes you have to put those extra few hours in to enable you to reap the benefits in a few years time? I think 100% like in this job, you know, you kind of get out what you put in, don't you? And Very good point, I'm still yeah. relatively young. So, you know, I started when I was 19, I'm 22 now. So I feel like I've still got a few years of, of steam in me. Um, that, that so might, so you've done the bank side of things, you've done the corporate resequence and now you're in like a bigger mortgage program. How does it, yeah. dif- how does it differ between sequence and mortgage medics then? Because that must be a different dynamic. It, it is a completely different dynamic. I mean, Fox and Zand, you know, it was predominantly... People were out, were out viewing our estate agents would, would get them in front of us and then we'd have to convert the business. Um, so I did see a, a, a huge transition in, you know, the amount of selling that needs to be done in terms of selling your service. Because, you know, when I started, I had clients coming to us and, you know, I, I'd give them like a, a 10 minute pitch. And towards the end, you just hear them going, well, yeah, I know I know that already. So yeah. <laughs> get on with it. I just want a mortgage. Um so, so there was that as well. There's much less of, of winning the business. You, you do find that a lot of people come back as well. Whereas, you know, with, with, with sequence before it was very in and out, you know, there's a lot of people, you might see 10 first appointments in a week, but you might only, you know, actually start working with two or three of those because there's already advisors that, that are working with those clients. So. And um, it, is, it is tough. These obviously sequence and, and those larger companies, they do have a lot of marketing power. And that yeah. they have, do have the high street presence, which is just a massive thing, especially with the state agency. But I think the difference with the likes of mortgage medics is you can almost push your personal brand more so because it's very hard for a larger corporate company to turn around and say, John Smith, you go and push your personal agenda. Yeah. Whereas, you know what I mean? Your company, yes, you still work under the mortgage medics. You still have to be compliant and make sure that everything fits the company brand. 
but you can still use your network and your face to really push and, and get that business. Do you enjoy that part of it? 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think you get so caught up in, in the kind of corporate environment that you, you tend to switch off from, from anything else. It's just, you know, Fox and Sons does your work and then, and then you go home and that's it. So it's been nice to kind of put myself out there a little bit more and get people that I already know and friendly faces kind of approach me and, you know, ask for advice, which has been great. Awesome. Right. So social media. What is your favourite platform personally and for business? And and they might be the same. Yeah, I think, to be honest, personally, it's probably uh, Instagram. That's that's got to be my my personal favourite. But then for business, I would probably say a mixture between kind of Facebook and Instagram. Right. That's interesting because I've always thought Facebook is the number one platform for mortgage brokers. Yeah. How do you use Facebook to, to generate leads or to put your name out there? What do you do? But it's not, nothing too flashy, to be honest, or, or nothing too pushy. It's more just, you know, I'll look at my day at the end of the day and I'll go, right, well, what's happened today? Um, and normally something interesting has happened or, or some kind of, you know, success story or something like that. So I try to just put educational stuff out there just to, you know, catch the eye of, of, of your everyday person and just go, oh, actually, that, that applies to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so things like uh, success stories, good reviews, that, that that's always nice, social proof. Um, that, that tends to get a, a good amount of shares and, and likes and stuff. Um, you're very good. I've looked at some of your content. You're very good at making a balance between the personal and the business aspect. Mm. How much do you think people should be sharing personal and how much do you think they should be sharing business? It's a, it's a tricky question, really, but I don't know, maybe kind of 50-50. Uh, yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that, to be honest. You know, same as my point earlier, people buy from people, don't they? So if they see that you're kind of quite similar to them you've got similar interests then you know, there's no reason to say they're not going to do business with you you can't just spam them with with mortgage jargon, mortgage jargon constantly you know i think it's good to you know show a bit of your, your real side as well yeah and another thing talking about the personal content is i like the way that you do have the balance between the two because you get people get used to who you are but then they will know about the the business that you can offer them or the service that you can offer them Definitely. What you're very good at as well is I had a little look, a little stalk, which everybody does with social media before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You respond to a lot of comments within Instagram, don't you? You yeah. do that interaction with people. Have yeah. you had any anybody, any leads off the back of that? Or would you say that's more of a nurturing, like a way to nurture your clients? Yeah, I've, I've had a fair few, you know, just, just off the back of, you know, keeping in contact with them and interacting with the posts. I, I do get a fair amount of messages, you know, asking questions here and there. And, you know, probably 60% of those people, you know, are not quite ready now. But I feel like in the future, they're, they're people that will come back because I've spent the time to, you know, to give them that little bit of advice here and there or some, some tips and tricks, you know, mm-hmm. when they need it the most. And do you use Instagram stories much to document your day or are you more about the actual just the posts? Oh, yeah, I, I do like an Instagram story. I'm, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, I think every it's the way it's going, isn't it? People yeah. Love it. yeah, it's a bit more, more personable, isn't it? You know, they can see what you're up to kind of day to day. And I quite like the like the questions feature and, and the Instagram polls and stuff like that. So often I'll put stuff out like ask me a question and, you know, property related. And someone will ask a question, which will then I'll post the answer to, which helps the wider the audience and then okay. you know you might get a few few more questions off the back of that which which is which works quite nicely so what sam was talking about there in terms of the polls on instagram if you upload an instagram story at the top right hand side if you press there's a little square with a smiley face in it 
if you press that and press poll, you could do a poll. Can you think of one off the top of your head that you've created in the past, Sam? Yeah, so, something I've done recently is, you know, are you looking to buy a house in the next 12 months? Um, and the, re- the reason I did that is because I feel like there's this misconception that people can only come to talk to a mortgage advisor when they're ready. Um, and I think it's good to, you know, educate them that actually we're here to set you up on a bit of a plan as well. So yeah. um, I think something I did recently was, yeah, are, are you looking to buy a house within the next six to 12 months? Um, okay. I had a few yeses, which meant, you know, I could spark a conversation with that person. You know, again, nothing too heavy, but how's it, how's it going? Is there anything else I can help, help with? And normally that sparks a, a conversation there. That's a good way of doing it, actually, with the polls, because what you can do with the poll is when you set it as the person that's created that poll, you can see the people that have responded yes and the people that responded no. Mm. One interesting way that I saw, and this is a bit of a tip um, from Jan Murray, who runs like a marketing company, mm. is she would never do a positive and a negative. It would always right. be two positives. So are you looking to buy a home um, in the next six to 12 months? It'd be yes. Yes, I am. Or in the red where it says no, change it to um, after the next 12 months. So it's almost like we're still looking to buy. So they can never say no. So you can almost introduce yourself to both of them. If you have a look at the content, what she does is she's doing like um, a, uh, when she released a podcast, it's kind of, have you listened to the podcast yet? Yes, listen to it. Or I'll listen to it soon. So it's almost like it's a commitment and it's quite, quite a clever way of doing it. Something for the listeners as well that you can implement. But I like the way that you're using polls to generate that interaction. You don't necessarily have to upload to your grid then because you're uploading to your Instagram stories and keeping people informed, aren't you? Exactly that. Yeah. And it's more interactive that way as well, isn't it? Exactly. The other thing that Sam Murphy spoke about, and it was interesting before we put this podcast in, we were talking about very similar is you use your current network. So friends and family to get them as clients don't you you don't rely on brand new leads and what sam murphy was saying was you've got a ready-made audience for you there how do you kind of you don't want to be that sleazy salesman you don't want to be like i'm a mortgage broker come and use me but how do you introduce your services to friends and family sam yeah again i think you know the likes of social media makes it so much you know so much easier to 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 do that and 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 make yourself you know, continuously relevant in, in that person's mind. So that's where I think Facebook comes in really handy for me because that's what I tend to use for friends and family and, okay. and staying in contact. So again, just getting educational content out there really does help. And I, I tend to find that I've got quite a good community in that space. So, you know, they'll often share it, which then just goes goes towards other friends and family that, that might not have seen it. So it works really nicely for me. And before we walked in the podcast, you were saying, look, when I was 19 and I started this, nobody needed a mortgage because it was it's very hard, very hard to buy a property at 22, let alone 19. But yeah. what you're doing is you're almost keeping in touch with these people. So hopefully in the next five years, if they're looking to buy, you're going to be the first. You're putting the groundwork in now. So when they are ready to buy, you should be the first person to do that. And the way that you're doing that very cleverly is, yes, you're telling them about your personal life, but you're uploading that informative content. Where do you get the ideas for that type of content, Sam? Um, again, just just looking at my day, you know, some, something might happen and I think, oh, that, that's, that's a really good situation. I think people would benefit from understanding what happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So throughout my day, I'll tend to, if anything happens, I'll just jot it down and I'll just kind of put it in a note page. And then when I feel like posting, I'll, I'll kind of bring that to bring that to life again. Okay. Um, so could you just an example? 
Uh, yeah, I can give you an example. So I had recently like a client who um, was struggling to get a certain amount of borrowing. Um, and we did uh, a joint borrower sole proprietor application. So for the, for the, for the listeners that don't know, that's um, you know ad- adding maybe a family member on that, that's got an income mm-hmm. uh, might be slightly older, usually a parent, okay. um, so something like that, where we, we've been able to boost their income and you know what they're able to afford. So some, something like that works quite nicely. And then, so you would do a post around that explaining what a joint sole proprietor mortgage is. That's it, yeah, and just you know, put put a bit of content out, not not too heavy. Again, just just some light content, just to, so people understand that there are other options out there. Because I think so many people just write it off. They might be earning you know a smaller income compared to the the area that they're living in and the house prices. So often they'll you know write it off completely, but actually things like that can bring it to life for them again and Definitely. make them think that they've got options. And it does, it does, it informs the people on that subject. But for me, it presents you as a thought leader. So even if I don't want anything to do with joint sole proprietor, but I was looking at a buy to let mortgage, in my head, I'd be like, Sam was talking about something that I've never heard of before. So therefore, he could probably help me with my HMO because I know that he's talking about something that's a bit out of the ordinary or, or a problem that is solved. If I see you solving other people's problems, well, I'm much more likely for you to allow you to solve my problems as well. Yeah, this is it, even if it doesn't directly to relate to them. And, you know, another example would be a client that, you know, came to us for just a, a lot like for like remortgages, you know, his deal was coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And actually after looking at his situation, there was plenty of equity in his property which then enabled us to do what's called a let to buy. So we converted his current residential into a buy to let investment and he was then able to purchase a new property. So he only came to me to me for a remortgage. He ended up with two properties at the end of it. Um, and his old property was then financing his new property. So he's in a much wow. a better situation. Um, so it's little things like that that just open people's minds. Yeah, and you guys at Mortgage Medics are big on the side of blog posts and making sure that you're always keeping people up to date with relevant content. You're a very informative mortgage broker, and you can see that runs through with your the way that you offer services. It's not just a case of come to us to transaction, bomb, 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 done. It's right, let's explore your options. You can do X, Y, or Z, and it's just presenting yourselves as thought leaders, and then what you do is then put that into social media then, don't you? Hundred percent, yeah, definitely. Awesome, right? So, let's talk about a strategy. So, we're yes. going to pretend that you're moved to the top of Scotland. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone, and an internet connection. What would you do to start generating new business, Sam? So, I think first and foremost, making sure that I'm on all social platforms. So, well, I say it all, but I'd, I'd probably say Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and I'd probably dabble in TikTok if I was. Right, okay, miles away and, and have the time <laughs> um so what I, I would just work on kind of consistently posting content i think that's something that i don't do enough is you know sticking to it when i've got good traction i tend to get busy again and then and then i fall into a trap of you know not not keeping up with it so i think setting out a plan to to continuously do that yeah um i think on top of that i even had the idea of potentially setting up a podcast you know even if it's not property property related but if you can get good traction on a podcast then i guess indirectly you can introduce people to your services and you know go go down that route as well so i think if i had to if i was 300 miles away with a laptop and a phone they're the routes i'd go down so what would you because it's interesting because i speak to people about talking to people in the local community would you 
talk to people in the local community or would you make it like a national podcast would it would it matter that you're in the north of scotland would you want to hit that community or would you want to hit the uk yeah i'd, I'd probably again you know the tools that we've got now in terms of working from home and stuff i don't think geographical uh, there should be any geographical limitations so I'd, I'd probably focus on on getting out to the uk but you you might think otherwise you know focusing on on, on one location what would you say um, I mean, I, I'm a big advocate of hitting the community hard yeah. and using, using your local knowledge to really hit home to people. So the podcast, what I would do is I would probably find all the most influential people. So the person that owns the bakery that's been there for 30 years, the person that owns the toy shop, the local hairdresser, the local florist, the local dog walker. And I'd interview all of them and almost become a bit of a local celebrity, yeah. so to speak, um, and really help people understand the area, but you help with mortgages off the back of it. It's almost like yeah. you, you indirectly sell your service. I mean, yeah. you look at most most adverts, if you think, say if there was an Aviva life insurance advert, they don't talk about how much life cover they can get you for 15 quid a month. That's essentially what they sell, isn't it? They'll talk about how the family can be affected. They'll talk about the emotion of it. You're selling the emotion of that local community, aren't you? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And TikTok, do you use, I know you mentioned TikTok there. Do you use TikTok at the minute? I don't. No, I got as far as downloading a profile and setting one up, and I, I just haven't. Just haven't sent <laughs> set it up. Yeah. Really good, there's two different, and we spoke about um, one of them before we came on the podcast, was that Joe Bartlett, the home buyer coach? Yeah, and yeah. Anish Patel as well. He's very good on LinkedIn, but he does it very differently, and it could be a way for you to dominate because it's more informative content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's another account, LettingAProperty.com. There, um, we had Katie on the podcast, um, and she runs helps with all the digital marketing there, and it's just all about information. There's nothing salesy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's what you're doing on Instagram and Facebook, just in a, a completely different format. What Anish Patel does is he takes one video on TikTok and sends it to all the other platforms. So he'll upload to Instagram, upload it to Facebook, put it on his YouTube channel. And it takes 12 minutes, he says. He's got it down to 12 minutes. Same video over like five or six platforms, which I just thought was really, really useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I did... I sent a lot as well about kind of LinkedIn and finding a niche on LinkedIn. That that seems to be a really, really hot topic in a minute. So be interesting to see your view on that as well just about you know how important you think it is to 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 find a niche and you know whether that be a specific target market or specific type of mortgage or or specific type of client Um, i think it's probably best to do a specific type of client now i'm not a mortgage broker so i haven't done it so i'm not speaking from experience i'm just seeing what's what successful people have done and with linkedin instead of it's very hard i can imagine starting out as a mortgage broker and saying i'm only going to look after say footballers and that's what I'm going to go for. Because if somebody comes and says, I'm a first-time buyer and I'm a builder, I want a mortgage, it's very hard to turn them away. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to turn them away, but I would build my whole LinkedIn audience of just footballers. And it doesn't matter. I would be commenting on all of their stuff, interacting with them. Footballers quite a hard one to crack, actually, because it would be a slightly higher network. So, But say you could have... Um, people that work in the local area that are nurses do you know yeah. what i mean you could have a, a an audience of just nurses that work in the brighton and hove um, area 
Brighton and Hove Albion football team, um, or London. Yeah. And I would recommend niching down because then when you're creating content, and I was speaking to Marcus Nansen on one of the podcast episodes about this, his recruitment company just focuses on mortgage brokers. Yeah. So his content just has to be aimed at mortgage brokers. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're if he was trying to recruit every different kind of industry, it would be so watered down. Mm, mm, mm. I guess it's the same with your business, isn't it? You know, with social for brokers. Yeah, I, I, agents, yeah. all of my stuff just goes to property professionals. It doesn't go anywhere else. Yeah. So that's where if you were to say target nurses in Brighton, oh. all of your content could be, I don't know, we've got the Queen Elizabeth in Birmingham. It could be do your work at the Queen Elizabeth as a, as a nurse, speak mm. to us about your mortgage. And it, they feel as if that content is directed straight at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But what you've got to do, and this is what I do in the beginning, is I got rid of all the people that were in my industry because they're never going to take a mortgage. They're never going to take social media from me. It's the same as you. There's no point having a massive audience of mortgage brokers because they're never going to use you. This is the thing, yeah. And same as I was saying before the podcast is, you know, historically I've I've always used LinkedIn for finding a job or, you know, trying to get into the industry because I was was quite young starting in. It was quite difficult to, to kind of get track and get some interviews under me and you know get a job offer really that's what I was struggling to do yeah um so I just connected with every mortgage broker pretty much in in the area um and and now I see that a lot of my interaction is mortgage brokers and other industry professionals which is great because you know all publicity is good but you know it's not um it's not necessarily what what's going to benefit me in the long run you know exactly and it's just making that switch isn't it you've got to be selfish almost it's like we've we've, I've spoken to somebody who runs a caravan motorhome company and he's at the caravan and motorhome company this weekend there's no point in him going around all the stalls trying to sell people motorhomes because they've already yeah. got them do you know what i mean but if yeah. he goes to another convention and tries to sell motorhomes of people that are do you know what i mean interested it, it's just so much easier it's like i don't this this i always think this is a negative connotation but shooting fish in a barrel sometimes if you've got that fish that barrel full of fishes that your ideal client it's so much easier to get them Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's how I would how I would use LinkedIn. But I just yeah. love seeing you all over LinkedIn. I like I like interacting with you on content and I'm sure you'll you'll take it to the next level and, and make it a success. The last question I'm going to ask before we leave is where do you see people choosing mortgage brokers in the future? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I think I, I definitely don't think. Well, I say that I was going to rule out kind of Google searches and things like that then, but I think people are always going to do their their kind of research. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can definitely rule out, you know, just sitting by the TV and, and seeing an advert about, about yeah. a mortgage broker. That's probably out the window. Um, I've got to say kind of Instagram, Facebook, all the social media platforms that people are constantly on, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they are the ones, you know, if they're constantly on there and they're seeing content that's based around mortgage brokers, then naturally I, I feel that that's where people will will find them and if there's people like you putting that personal edge out there i'm much more likely to warm to you than i do john smith who has i don't know anything about him but i know that you're a football fan you've got a dog do you know what i mean your missus lives in london and do you know what i mean that's where i can relate to you more so than john smith who has just uploaded about mortgages for the last six months this is it yeah 100 percent. i agree awesome well thanks very much for coming on sam i really appreciate it and um, as a thank you i'll donate 10 pound to a charity that's close to your heart which charity would you like me to make the donation to yeah so uh british heart foundation if possible yeah. chris cheers mate
British Heart Foundation. Yep, uh, great charity. Well, thanks very much for coming on, Sam. Really appreciate it. I hope people have got some really good information here about how to balance the personal and the business and how to utilise your network because you've got friends and family. You just need to make sure they know that you're a mortgage broker without ramming it down their throats, don't they? Exactly that. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Thanks very much for coming on, Sam. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Right, so I've had to jump back on the podcast because I missed one vital question that I really wanted to know the answer for. So I know we'd finish the podcast and we might slip this in somewhere. Um, but I wanted to speak about the voice note that you've got on Instagram. So on your yes. Instagram profile, it says, contact me for a personalised voice note of your budget. What is that all about? Because I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was quite a good idea. I mean, it's not something that I've seen either. Um and I think if I was a consumer and I come across that, then, you know, all, all we have to do is click on the link and it's it's linked to the inquiry form that, that we already look at. So okay. if, if a client's going to inquire for a mortgage, we'll send that that inquiry form. We'll have a first appointment with them. Um, but I think it's just a nice way to, to interact, really. And I've probably had I haven't pushed it that far, but I've probably had 10 to 15 people do it. Oh, awesome. um, and I think it's been nice because they click on it. They send it sends me through the results. I'll do a quick affordability check and I'll look at the potential costs involved and you know it'll be as simple as send that voice note straight to the potential client hi my name's sam thanks thanks for getting in touch um this is what i think that you could borrow potentially based based on the figures that you've given me this is what i think that it's going to cost you um if you need anything else let me know you know and, and we'll, we'll basically have a conversation off the back of that um and i think it's just a nice little touch really yeah. just to have like a personalized you know i'll, I'll put a few, few bits of information in there um and i've, I've had good feedback very, yeah. yeah. The thing is, that could easily be put in an email. Yeah. People are doing yeah. that day in, day out. I get another email and I'm like, yeah, Sam, he tells me that I can borrow 150 grand around about this much. This is how much it might be. You know what I mean? You have to be very vague because you haven't got the, the all the information. But for me to have an Instagram voice note whilst I'm sat on the sofa, I'm like, oh, Instagram voice note. What's this all about? Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not an email. It's funny, I saw a meme the other day about how 20 years ago, we get posts through the door and we're like, yeah, it's post. You get an email, you're like, oh my God, I got an email. Now you get a letter through the door, you're not bothered about your emails. You, do you know what I mean? We shift that focus and I think a voice note is a real good way of doing that. So, so you'll do like a bit of a recap, send it over to them and then say, come and, come and shout me if you need anything else. Pretty much, yeah. This, this is what I think you could potentially borrow based on the figures. This is what it might cost. Um, you probably need a deposit of X. Um, if you want to have a further discussion, then then let me know. Um, so yeah, it, it works quite nicely. And, and like you say, it's something a bit different, isn't it? I think where I probably got the inspiration from, I think I think before, I think it was like last year, I, I inquired to get some work done to my teeth. Mm -hmm. And they sent me like a, a day after they sent me a personalized video and it had like my photos and it, they put like diagrams on there. And I thought that was really, really good. Um, sure. Obviously that probably takes a little bit more work. So I thought voice notes, nice and easy. You know, they can play it nice and easy and they've got that forever then, haven't they? Yeah. I've seen actually Sam Norris who deals with a lot of commercial um, mortgages, every follower that he has on, on Instagram, he sends them a voice note. Really? Yeah. Hi, mate. yeah. How are we doing? Thanks for following me. Hope you check out my content. Look forward to connecting with you. And that's so, I don't know how he does it. He's got like 30,000 followers. I'm like, mate, I would not have the time for that. But yeah, yeah. it's then, like, for example, the teeth, you probably won't go anywhere else now. Even if it's a year, two years down the line, you'll always go to them. You're like, they put the effort in. 
and you, you feel exactly almost that. like a debt to them, don't you? That I want to go and get my my work done with them. That's it. Yeah, it's not just getting treated like a number, and it it singles you out from the the competition, doesn't it? So yeah, for sure. Right. That is going to be the end of the podcast now. I don't know where we're going to split <laughs> this in now, um, but no, I just wanted to jump back on and have a chat about that. But again, thanks very much, Sam. Cheers. Cheers, Chris. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.